And here we are, another week of Inspired. I am Stacy. I am with Samantha. How are you, girl? God, you know, I'm a vibe today, right? I woke up just full of piss and vinegar, as my mother would say. I just have so many thoughts and feelings that I'm so excited to be here with you this morning. Drinking my coffee and out of my mug that says, good things come to those who work their asses off. Uh, mine just has a corporate name on it because it was free. And that's my vibe is, um, yeah, I, you know, there's, I wake up in the morning and there's the vibe I want to be in. And then there's the vibe I'm really in. Like, okay, here's a, this is where I want to be. This quote, it makes me very happy. And this is, this is where I want to be every day. Okay. Uh, here it is. Your smile is your logo. Your personality is your business card. How you leave others feeling after having an experience with you becomes your trademark. That's where I want to be. I got to be honest with you. I'm not even close. Like I'm not even, I'm not even in the stadium with that quote. Uh, I just, 2022 is heavy so far. I don't know. It still feels bad to me. And it's, um, I want it to not be bad anymore. Well, I think we we keep wanting to wake up and have it be a different world that we're living in. But this world that we're living in is so complicated. And every morning I wake up to like somebody else died. Like today, Meatloaf and Louis Anderson, we just heard passed away. Uh, everybody's check. Everybody's checking out. Everyone like uh, like what what is that saying? Don't um, the, the last the last rat off the Titanic or something? I, I, I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, but. Uh, I don't know. I feel like, uh, I feel like there's a lot of good people that are just like, I'm out. I'm out. They're like, we're done with this program. I feel like this week in particular, this last seven days were really challenging. And I understand that Mercury is in retrograde. And for those of you that don't know what that means, people say it all the time, but like, let's unpeel that a little bit. So when Mercury goes into retrograde, it's the celestial offering that shit just goes a little haywire, right? Mechanical things break, your car breaks down, your coffee pot breaks. People don't know how to communicate. So if you're like me, this week, I have gotten some of the most insane emails from people with tone, just rude conversations that don't need to be escalating or escalating. And you're like, you have to take a seat back and go, okay, I'm not going to react to this because Obviously, you're not in a good space right now. I'm not in a good space right now. We probably shouldn't be having a conversation, but it's hard because you're like, at what point are you just not going to put up with people's bullshit, right? Or people just not being accommodating to like life in general. I think that's another one that really kind of frosts my ass, if you will. So I've I've had some challenges this week. I feel like Mercury has been in retrograde since 2019, 20. Is that, is that possible? Can Mercury be in retrograde for three years? That That's not a thing, right? It, I mean, celestially, I don't think it could potentially, but maybe it's another planet and some other spheres that have been causing some problems. It's just, life is really you know hard right now. A backlash of Pluto. Some fucker decided Pluto wasn't a planet and Pluto's like, hold my beer. And now the world is fucked up. Thanks scientists for busting out Pluto out of the club. And now, yeah. Pluto's getting revenge. He's like the revenge seeker. (gasps) That could be a new thing. But I do feel it's like everybody, you know, people always say, like, you got to give people grace. But I don't think people are giving people grace at all. And I don't think that people are really, you know, there's a, um, 
a quote that's always mentioned is like, you don't know what somebody else is going through. So don't judge, you know, when somebody's attacking you or being a dick. And there's a lot of truth to that statement because we all have our own set of baggage right now. And whether it's professionally, whether it's at home, whether it's you got sick, you know, or you're just like dealing with mothering of children. Cause that's, that's a whole nother bag of just, I mean, I'm at, I please, I'm entering into this tween stage, which is just frightening. I, um, I had a bit, uh, okay. I'm just going to say it. I had a very pleasant tween stage. I didn't have the typical daughter or son for that matter, tween. Um, I, I came through relatively unscathed. Which is, which is lucky and rare. And I do count my blessings for that because I know there's not a lot of people that experience that. No, uh, I unfortunately was blessed with two children. One of which my oldest Bardo is spitting image of me. Okay. She's sassy pants. She's got an opinion about everything. She's very much the rule follower and a know-it-all. And it's really hard when I'm like, dude, you're 11. You don't know shit. Okay. Let me break down how this works. And then her sister you know, it's like, I grew up with a brother, so I didn't have that sister thing going on. So the two of them, it's either like literal murder. Like I'm going to slice your throat and cut your fingers off or their best friends. Like this morning they were, um, doing the times tables with flashcards with each other. Um, and then 20 minutes later, they were punching each other. There's no in between it. They either love each other or hate each other. There's no in between. Um, I do think that when you get a child, that's the spitting image of yourself, that is Pluto's revenge. (laughs) um someone someone is out to get you Uh, yeah because like none of us want to deal with ourselves right so I absolutely ourselves I absolutely want nothing to do with myself um but no just going back to like just the the challenges of this world right now and and all the things that I think are coming at us in different ways that maybe we don't want to deal with or we're not really prepared to deal with and you know every time People say, oh, well, don't watch the news. Well, sometimes it's hard to not get an alert on your phone or, you know, turn the television on and see, you know, Russia in the news and a potential war or presidents and CDCs talking about things and then switching it. And you're just like, dude, what is what? What is going on? And then you've got this never ending global fucking pandemic that now it's multiple masks and you know it's getting better it's not getting better what we can do what we can't do it's just every day it's just like just it's a cup of what the fuck is what it is yeah i it yes and um so okay so we try to find silver linings every day um i did read this morning i don't know if you read this that um england has decided we're done with masks we're far enough into this that um, vaccines are doing their job. And, um, I think they're, they're sort of taking this, I didn't read the whole article, I'll admit it, but I think they're sort of taking the stance that with the rapid spreading of the Omicron version, that there's sort of been this mass, um, immunity now because so many people have already had it. So they are, they're like, yeah, we're done with masks. We're done with masks in indoor spaces. We're done with them in schools. We're just, we're going to go back to normal. Um, make sure you keep vaccinated and protect, protect those that you can. And that's it. And, uh, so I kind of, I don't know. I read that this morning and I thought maybe that's the beginning of the end, but then there's this, like, do we even know how to go back to how it was? I don't even know how to do that anymore. I don't, I don't know how to do life like that anymore. No, I have no idea 
I, I don't even know. I, I just, I think there's a new version of life for all of us. And we're just trying to accommodate what comes at us. Here's something positive, Stacey Blake. Okay. All right, let's do it. So this last week, uh, I was nominated for a, an award uh, of excellence in innovation for my nonprofit work, which nice. when I got the nod, I was like, I am not an innovator, right? And the nomination thing came over and this woman who nominated me wrote this like amazing thing about, you know, all just my different work with women and, you know, my book and my, the podcast, and then also the nonprofit stuff. And then, you know, oh, by the way, she still does all this and sells insurance, which is interesting because I've always tried to so much compartmentalize everything into those little boxes that we've talked about and to have somebody write it all out and say like, this is her offering. And it's, you know, it's one big package of supporting women, which was kind of cool. And I've never really looked at it in that way. So that was fun. However, the people that I was up against, oh my God, these women and men are like, you know, Cornell graduates, <laughs> Brown, Harvard, you know, here's little old me, Cal State Northridge in the corner <laughs> representing, you know, but they're career nonprofit professionals that have dedicated their life to doing so much stuff. And, you know, to be in their company and on the same short list as them was like, I will be Susan Lucci forever just to get the nod and be on the roster was so cool. Well, I Cal State like Northridge is coming through though. Cal State Northridge is busting through faster than Susan Lucci did. I think it took her almost 20 years to win an Emmy. Northridge is coming through. You know, we're, we're popping through. But I think too, it's like, I always wonder about where, you know, cause a lot of the Ivy Leagues have such a, you know, panache about them when you say I graduated from wherever. As an employer, I never really ask someone. I mean, I want to know what their education is, but I'm I'm not particularly going, okay, I'm only going to be hiring Ivy League students or, you know, students that go to these different schools. I mean, is is that important anymore on a resume? Um, so in my, in the first part of my career world, I was in hedge funds and it was important there. Like there were Wall Street firms that really focused on Ivy League students. There were hedge funds that really focused on Ivy League grads. Um, and sometimes you did feel less than if you didn't go to an Ivy League. And I went to a really great college undergrad. I did a great college graduate too, but, um, you know, I, I have an undergrad from USC and uh, you feel, sometimes you do feel less than. I think it depends on the industry. I honestly couldn't care less. Right. Um, I think it's the education, it's the experience and what you do with it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I do think it's interesting relative to your award that, um, <laughs> that this, this career that you've built, that this career that you've spent your life building becomes an Oh, and also she runs or she sells insurance. <laughs> like, when did you think your career was going to become an, and also? Well, it's, it's insane. And it's interesting because I've taken a little bit of a backseat to insurance. I mean, I've been doing insurance for 24 years, grew up in it. My family owns a licensing school for insurance. So, you know, it's all I've ever known. Um, and after a long time of doing it, I was like, you know, there's got to be more out there for me. Um, so I kind of took a little bit of a break from it still kept the toe in and now uh back 22 I'm back in and pull back in selling insurance like like it's going out of style you know what I've been selling a lot of lately and really pushing is EPLI insurance do you know what that is I have absolutely no idea what that is. let me break this one down for you it's employer it liability like it, it sounds like a like a spa treatment to be honest 
Well, it's not that sexy. And it's, but it's, in my opinion, one of the most important things as an employer, because you've got harassment, you know, wage and hour disputes, discrimination, all these types of workplace traumas that are happening and employees are suing employers. And whether there's merit to it or not, the legal costs of having a lawsuit brought up against you is ridiculous and expensive. And there's a duty to defend on the policy. So in its own right, like just the legal part of coverage, I think is like the best part of the whole gig. Um, and in California being such a litigious state, it's kind of just like, you need to check that box. Um, so if you're an employer and you don't have that, you may want to call me. Okay. I'm here well, for I, I, hate, I hate that we live in such a litigious world and every year we have to add new um, clauses into, um, you know, the, the grocery store receipt. I don't like, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. It, maybe that's why the CVS receipts are so long. I've never actually read what's on those things, but I don't know. Maybe it's a whole bunch of hold harmless clauses. It could be. It's kind of like now when when you sell insurance and same thing with when you close a loan. I mean, the amount of paperwork and backup, you know, paper trail that has to take place so you don't get sued or so there isn't a problem. I mean, what used to be a three or four page document is now, I mean, we send out a 22 page every single time you buy something, whether it's $500 or 5,000, you know, 500,000. Um, I think the other thing too, as an employer and my fellow employers out there, you know, it's really hard to, to keep people and to keep people happy because there's so much competition in the workplace, especially in my industry. And something that I've been looking at that no one talks about, and I don't understand why it's two things. First of all, when you offer benefits to a company, to an employee, why is that not included in your salary? Like it's never considered part of your salary, but as an employer, you're paying for those benefits on a monthly basis. So in my opinion, it should be broken out into a part of when you're talking about your overall pay. I think that number should be in there, but it's not. Yeah, maybe it's because people don't, I don't know, maybe it's because they, you know, they don't feel it in their bank account. Right. It's there. It's, I mean, benefits are expensive and that's, uh, that's a lot of the reason people take W-2 jobs over being self-employed. Yeah. I mean, I, I pay, we've got, you know, quite a few employees and it's expensive. It is yeah. no joke. Um, and even with the, the portion that we pay versus the, I mean, we pay a, a large portion of it, but it's one thing that, you know, I get it that we have to provide it. I want to provide it because I feel like it's something that everybody needs to have healthcare, but at the same time, like as it, it's not, it's just kind of one of those things that you're expected and it's not really line itemed, which when is unfortunate. Healthcare, when did healthcare become the burden of the employer? I mean, it's been like that since the beginning of time. But think about that. Yeah. No. And then you've got law, and then you've got your employees get pissed at you, and then they sue you. Or how about this one? This is something I want to bring up. So there's Yelp, right? And then there's also Glassdoor, which are where employees can go on and talk shit about a company that they work for. Nobody's ever going on there and talking about how great their place of employment is, right? Those people don't go on there. It's only the person who maybe had a job and it didn't work out. Or I had one person go online and write the nastiest thing. It was an interview that we had scheduled. And it just was, you know, after you, when you hire and interview people and you realize that somebody is not going to be a good fit just from the get, like, why are we wasting anyone's time? Okay. You, cut your, you cut your losses quicker. Like, I don't even you know why. You cut your loss. Yeah, I don't even know why this person got through like gate one. 
anyway, so we'd canceled the meeting. She went online and wrote this like scathing interview, like thing about how I was so full of myself. And I was like, we never even had a conversation, but yet you're going to go online and slam me. And then like, why isn't there a place where employers can go on and validate employees for research when you're hiring people? Why isn't that something? Yeah, because you have an Uber rating. I mean, can we see our Uber ratings? I don't even know if we can. I have a really high Uber rating and I'm not really sure why I'm like a 4.98. Probably because you haven't barfed in a car. There's plenty of people that barf in Uber cars. I think think that would probably lower you down to like a (laughs) 4.2. I wonder what I did to get those extra two two, uh, percentages. Yeah, why isn't it five? Why is it 4.98? I, I was like, maybe I'm not tipping. PJ has like a four, three. And I'm like, because you're uh, kind of a dick, right? I mean. But it said like in there, how you get is like, if you don't talk or if you're like, but sometimes I don't want to talk. Like, I'm not here to make a friend. I'm here to go from A to B. And that's why we're engaging in this opportunity together. You know, I don't want to talk. Um, here's what I do now. Uh, we are three weeks into 2022 and I would like to, uh, wipe the slate, kind of start over. I would like people to stop dying. Uh, no, let me rephrase that. I would like good people to stop dying. Um, I would like not everything to be bad. And I feel like we need to, uh, flip the script on this a little bit and focus on the good. You know, we are here to give Main Street women doing amazing things a platform that they will not get anyplace else. Um, that's pretty cool. So I do want to focus on that. Yes, because I'll, I'll tell you something. This opportunity that we provide ourselves and our listeners, I really kind of personally get a lot out of it because I feel like there is so much negative ick around there. And for 30 minutes, I get to meet somebody cool or talk to a friend who's doing amazing stuff. And there are so many stories about women um, that, again, we don't hear about. And I don't know why we don't hear about them. Like, I just, I feel that women are doing so many amazing things on a daily basis. And it just kind of goes- We don't promote ourselves. We don't don't talk about ourselves. We don't promote ourselves. And it's, it, we almost feel like, well, it's just a given we need, that needs to get done. So we just do it mm-hmm. and, and we, the collective we, um, and then there's the, you know, we, we don't, we don't go pound our chests about it mostly because that would hurt. It would absolutely hurt. Um, but I do think there are definite wins and definite little successes and there's nothing wrong with like celebrating your successes. And that's one of the things I've always loved about our relationship and um, I'll, you know, the group of women that we, we, we pack with, we very much celebrate each other's successes. You know, we're not only there for the, the bad times, but we're also there to talk about, you know what, Hey, you did something pretty awesome. And a lot of women I feel don't do that for each other, or maybe they're not as supportive for their sisters as they should be, because maybe they don't know how, or they don't think it's important, but it is important. Absolutely. We need to, we need to lift each other up and we're not going to tell ourselves that that was a really cool thing we did for the most part. We don't, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, we will, we'll do something really cool and then we'll, criti- we'll self-criticize the one little thing that maybe didn't go right. Because um, that's, that's, I think that's, that's our nature. Some, and that's some trait that we've picked up, you know, through time for ourselves. And I think it's stupid. One thing that's kind of cool that you and I could talk about, and we're going to talk to the women of Sparkle in a couple of weeks. We just wrapped uh, 21 with an amazing year with the foundation serving 5,300 lives, right? 
That's yeah, pretty and, damn cool. And uh, 100% volunteer organization. Mm-hmm. No, you know, no overhead to speak of. Like literally every dollar we raise goes back into the community. And uh, we hit a milestone this year, did we not? We did. We hit a milestone. We served more lives than we've ever served. And it's been six years. We just turned six on Wednesday, the 19th, um, which was kind of a big deal. And I remember sitting there thinking about what this was going to look like when I decided, okay, let's rip the bandaid off. Let's do this 501c3 thing. Not knowing anything about anything. I mean, I still don't know anything about anything. Everything is very much a throw the spaghetti on the wall and see what happens. We learn as we go. Right. And it's like, I'm learning as I go. Absolutely. But the, the amount of people we've touched and the things that we've done. And, and I remember somebody telling me, you don't want to say you're going to be hundred percent in and hundred percent out because it's going to bite you in the ass. You'll never be successful without having paid staff or paid people that know what they're doing. And I thought, well, screw that. Like, why am I doing this? Then I could just go join on to some other nonprofit. And to date, we have raised $1 million dollars. Stacy place collectively over the last six years, giving it all back out to the community. And to those people that told me we couldn't do it, watch us. Cause Think we just the impact a million dollars in the community makes. Yeah. And for women, you know, and for single moms, I mean, that's a huge deal. The other thing yeah. that was kind of cool was that we funded our first uh, small business loan. So we had this idea of wanting to help single moms who wanted to start or continue to grow their businesses. So we had this woman um, that came through and she was absolutely the perfect candidate, um, for what we were trying to accomplish. And we loaned her 10 grand and within a year we've mentored her. We've, um, you know, really put our minds together of all these different great women. And she opened up her second location. She paid back, has been paying back her loan. Um, and I mean, what, like, that's another program. Several people told me like, no way. Like, how are you going to do that? It's not going to work. You know, what you're doing is not really attainable. And well, to them, like that is even like, I think the coolest part about that is sort of the, the, the ripples in the water from the pebble, right? Because it's not even about her opening her second location. It's then about the 10 new people that she's employing. She created 10 new jobs around this yes. growth of her business. So it's growing her, but it's also growing having an economic impact on 10 other people. Totally. But then also like when we met with her for the first time and, you know, cause part of the deal is you get money interest-free, but then you also get the mentoring of all of us with our network and, you know, where she needed holes plugged, we were able to put the people in there that have been there, done that. And we're willing to give their time and energy for free. And it was really cool to be on a lot of those calls with, you know, marketing or, tax setup or entity setup or website development and those things. Because when you start a business, there's so much shit you don't know. And to be able to have somebody give their time that's been there and done that. I mean, that part of it, I think was the coolest. And I know that she really got a lot out of it. I got a lot out of it just watching the process. And I think everybody that participated in it really got a lot out of it too, because it was them sharing their, you know, knowledge with, with, to, to help aid somebody else, which was, you know, the goal. Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. And on to the next one for 2022. So hey. more good news. See, here we go. More here we go. positivity in the world. Not yeah. Everything is bad. 
So we're going to actually talk to the women of Sparkle in a couple of weeks to really find out what makes them tick, why we do what we do, what, you know, it's interesting when you're on a board or when you're out there volunteering your time, like, why are you doing it? Are you doing it because your work says you have to? Are you doing it because you've got your own ego pursuits? Or are you doing it because you really connect with the cause? And the women of Sparkle, I will say this. Um, we all very much connect with the cause. And I think that's the root of our success is that we really passionately all believe in the same thing. And, uh, you know, the results kind of speak for themselves. So check that for a gold star for the day, Stacey, please. I like it. I like it. And it's, it, I mean, it is fun to see the um, collaboration of an amazing group that all bring different skills and talents to the table. But when you bring it all together, it's, um, it's pretty complete. No, it's amazing. So some of the other gals that we've got coming up on the lineup here for the next few months, we've got Lisa Poncia of Stumple Creek Ranch, who's a rancher and going to talk to us. We've got her coming up next week, which is going to be really interesting. Um, we have Emily of Matilda's Bloom Box, which if you don't know what that is, you're going to find out and you're going to love it. We've got Sarah Liller, who is a fashion designer and stylist here in the Bay. We've got Chandra from Community Action Marin, who you want to talk about the ultimate badass woman? Like, Hello. She is entering the room. Knocking it out of the park, getting it done. This woman, I can't say enough good stuff. We've got Lisa from Collective Hearts. We've got Genevieve uh, from the founder of Tutu School, who uh, I don't know if you follow her work. That that business has grown incredibly. She turned turned it into something amazing. Yeah. I remember meeting her when my daughter was like two. We were over in her Larkspur location and now she's got, I believe like 50 or 60 locations. So we're going to talk about what it's like to take a business idea and franchise it because that's cool. And then we've got uh, Megan Evans of Buttercup Home Styling, who is a really cool, um, she's a really cool lady and she employs all women in her business. And I really want to talk more about what that, you know, how she kind of came to that decision and how, how, what it's like to work around all those personalities. There's a lot of um, must-have products and must-have lessons in that list. Yeah, no, these these gals are really cool. And it's important, again, to talk about their successes because they're all doing really cool, not only selling and doing, but they're also, you know, impacting the community in their world um, quite uh, robustly, if you will. I like it. I like it. I want to talk to you about something because we talked about Gisling uh, on our last session together. Yes. And now Gislaine, Gislaine, Ghislaine is in jail. And I still don't know how you say it. That's Maxwell, Miss Maxwell. The dirt bag, okay, Epstein's dirt bag. So here's what I want to know, and I want your thoughts. Um, there's apparently a list of like seven or eight gents that uh, the records have been closed upon that are now um, Gislaine is saying she's no longer going to try to protect. I want to know who do you think is on that short list? Wait, I, I hadn't heard anything about this. Yeah. So apparently Virginia, the, the Australian gal who was kind of the icebreaker of all this Epstein nonsense, um, she had given out some names and Gislaine and Epstein fought tooth and nail to keep those under, you know, lock and case so that they would not be released. Well, she's fought it. And now she is going to be, you know, now she's in jail forever. And she's like, I'm no longer going to fight it. I'm not going to protect these guys anymore. So who do we think is on that list? All right. If I'm, if I'm speculating, the first one I'm going to go with is Bill Clinton. Yes. Sorry, Clinton fans. Not, it's not a fan, no fan thing. It's just, it's yeah, shady. probably. I think Bill Gates is on that list. And I think that's why Melinda, I think that's, I think that's why Melinda got out when she could 
I think maybe Mr. Trump might be on that list. I mean, he's a New Yorker. You know, Rudy Giuliani. Do you think he'd ever be on that list? (laughs) He is just, he reminds me of the penguin from Batman. He's so gross. And you know what's so sad is like I remember when 9-11 happened and he was just like you were watching him he and he was, was remember when was, everybody was like he's America's mayor? Like yeah. you would have you would have jumped in front of a speeding train for the guy. Like anybody, because he was he uh, what what happened there? I don't know. He's just a, it's like Cuomo, you know, it's just like they go from zero to what is it with the New York mayors? <laughs> or governors, sorry, the governors. From a hundred to zero so fast. Where's Cuomo? He got he got real quiet about him after all of his little ex- sexcapades. They're both they're both underground now. The whole family has gone underground. I think it's so gross. I, I think I go back to like the the thing with Cuomo that really killed me was that all of the accusations and stuff that was coming out about him was coming out like in 2020, 2019, like, well, it wasn't like 1980s. Like that stuff was mildly like fine. It was like a year and a half ago. You're touching some girl's boobs in an elevator. Like at what point you creepy old fart? Does that make sense to you? I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's you think they know better by now. I don't, I I can't, I can't, I can't. Dirt bags, just disgusting. Um, you know, I, I feel that after Mr. Big went down, like I have no hope for anyone anymore. Like I'm just no longer surprised <laughs> when when the shit hits the fan because guys, you can't behave like that. Okay. Like you can't do that stuff. It's not okay. It's never been okay. I think that um Peloton was halting production because demand was down so much. I wonder how much of that had to do with Mr. Big. Mr. Big going down. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Well, we leave you, uh, ladies and gents, with the third week, the fourth week, I should say, this will come out next week of uh, January, and uh, still a lot of confusion, still a lot of holes that we need plugged. Uh, we're going to wake up every day and try to be as you know focused as we can. I don't know how that's going to um, really translate, but we're, we're doing the best we can. We've got a great we're lineup. Taking, we're taking a mulligan on the year, though, starting right now. We really are. We're going to refresh and uh, the first three weeks didn't count. Didn't count. No, we're going to need a a hard restart. It was practice. We've got got a phenomenal lineup of women over the next few weeks. So stay tuned, be inspired, go out and do something good for the world. And what was the quote again? The quote was our, our smile is our business card. So remember that when you're out there, ladies, your smile is your business card. Have a great day.